Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. This short-form episode shares only the introductory remarks for our topic this week. For the full conversation, check this podcast feed or visit ignatiushouse.org slash peopleofhope. Let's begin. Tonight, we have uh, back with us Father Joe Lingen, who is on staff here at Ignatius House. And we'd like to introduce you to Sister Susan Arcaro, a cynical sister who has been offering retreats at Ignatius House for years. Ignatian spirituality is a primary element of her congregation's spirituality. And our topic this evening is finding joy in religious life. And while I spent three years as a Jesuit, I will allow Joe and Susan to be the primary conversationalist tonight, um, perhaps chiming in uh, from time to time. But I've asked Sister Susan to uh, open us with a prayer, and then both of them will offer their own thoughts and reflections on religious life. Sister Susan? Thank you. Loving and gracious God, thank you. Thank you for you. Thank you for your love and the countless blessings you give us day after day. Help us to live this moment and each moment of our lives with joy and gratitude. Give us the grace to wholeheartedly serve you in our everyday lives. Teach us to recognize the many ways you make your spirit known. To listen to the voice of your spirit in silence to wait peacefully for the fiery thunder of grace, calling us to serve your people with joy, humility, and wonder. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Susan. And Andy, thank you. I presume to begin tonight's reflection. I believe that we share a common vocation namely to be the person God created us to be. Nothing more, but more importantly, nothing less. At first glance, this may seem like a selfish ambition, but in reality, it's not. In fact, it's hard work, requiring intentionality, perception, reflection, fidelity, openness to growth in self-awareness engagement with and attention to others, and a degree of courage. Finally, a vocation, it seems to me, requires time and grace. What I just offered applies to everyone who seeks to pursue and discover his or her vocation. This understanding is based on my own pursuit and experience of my vocation, as well as my experience with everyone both young and old, I've had the privilege to accompany as he or she sought and discerned his or her vocation. As for religious life, it's not for everyone, just like married life isn't for everyone or the single life isn't for everyone. But I have been most fortunate and blessed in religious life, and I am most grateful As a teenager and then as a young adult, it took me a while to appreciate that I like helping people. 
And while I acknowledge that I am a religious and a priest, I do not see myself as a pious soul or a holy roller by any means. However, I do acknowledge without hesitation that my relationship with Jesus is most important to me. Jesus is the inspiration behind my desire to be of help to others. And my relationship with Jesus is what led me to first consider the possibility of being a priest. It's that simple and for me that profound. I did not have a near-death experience or a moment of great epiphany or a dramatic moment of conversion in my life. In high school, I learned about Ignatian prayer and I continued to pray while I was in college. And it was during my college year that uh, years that my sense of friendship and affection for Jesus grew significantly. And I acknowledge that I considered it a very personal and private matter. It was between me and Jesus. Later on in college, as I looked ahead to a post-college life or career, if you will, priesthood entered my mind. And while I did not take this as a call or something I especially wanted, it was the case that the more I looked into it, the more I was drawn toward it, especially when I looked at religious life and more particularly at the Society of Jesus. I entered the Jesuits after graduating from college and two years later, at the age of 23, I pronounced my vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. I stated then, and I state now, that I did so because I love Jesus. But since that vow day in 1981, I have grown in my knowledge of and my appreciation and affection for each person of the Blessed Trinity. Further, I now know that the Trinity has a deep knowledge of and appreciation and affection for me, and this realization consoles me greatly. As a Jesuit, I've had the opportunity to meet and to learn the stories of so many people, to hear their hopes and desires, as well as their disappointments and failures. So many have shared their faith lives, their experience of wonder and doubt about God, as well as their hope. And to meet someone on that level is such a great privilege and a source of genuine joy for me. When someone shares with me their story, when they confide in me their hopes, their fears, their dreams, and their hurts, I often come to understand why God loves them. And I experience how God is loving me in that moment of honesty and confidence. What a joy. There have been moments when I believe I see what God sees and am moved to even love what God loves. In such moments, I better understand beauty and truth and God. And I grasp a little more God's intention with creation and God's hope for humanity. Further, I better understand what Jesus meant when he said to his disciples, May my joy be in you and your joy complete. I do believe very strongly that we are to care for and to help one another. 
Jesus's life and lessons, make that very clear. Being a religious better enables me to do just that. And that is a cause of great joy for me personally. Now, I could certainly say a lot more about religious life, but I will conclude these remarks by saying simply that this religious life makes me genuinely happy and helps me recognize and realize that I am blessed and deeply loved. Thank you. I describe my life as a woman religious as my miracle of love. And although I do not remember when I first felt the call to religious life, my mother did. And she would often tell people that her Susie came home from school on the first day of kindergarten and said, Mom, you gave half of your heart to God and half to Daddy. But I'm going to give my whole heart to God and be a sister. Well, that was really fine and dandy, except in my growing up years, I really wasn't an angel with wings. I sometimes got in trouble. I sometimes fell and nicked my knees. I was just a happy little girl. But always in the back of my mind, I wanted to be like the sisters who taught me. I was taught by the Sisters of the Holy Spirit in grade school. And they left a mark on me of happiness, joy, and complete devotion to their religious life as well as to their ministry. Shortly after I graduated high school, I entered the novitiate of the Felician Franciscan Sisters in Enfield, Connecticut. And I was drawn to that congregation by two significant hallmarks which marked their spirituality. And it was a spirit of reparation, as well as a deep love for the Eucharist. It wasn't long after I was in my second year of formation, however, that I began to realize God was calling me elsewhere, and I didn't know what to do with it. It took me 15 years to discern God's call. And in the meantime, I lived my life fully in community and as an educator and musician. And for me, the younger the children, the happier I was. So that unlike other people who go up the ladder, I went down the ladder. I began teaching children in third grade, then second grade, then first grade, And then I studied Montessori and taught children two and a half years old to six. Further studies led me into the classroom, the Montessori classroom with children 18 months to 34 months. And I also enjoyed ministering and teaching these littlest people among God's people. But something was missing in me. By the end of my 14th year as a Felician Franciscan sister, I was certain that God was leading me into a deeper contemplative spirit and one that is immersed in prayer and from which our ministry would flow. Simply said, 
through my former congregation, I, God led me into the Seneca Sisters. It was a congregation I was familiar with since my childhood because my mom was part of the um, many women who drove there every month for St. Joseph's Guild of Working Women. And all I remember of the Seneca in my childhood was the very tall Christmas tree in the living room with balls that were as big as a globe. To make my story short, I've been a Seneca sister for 44 years, and nearly 27 of them have been lived right here in Atlanta. And as a Seneca sister, I have traveled and I continue to travel to parishes to offer spiritual direction days and evenings of prayer, retreats. My first love, I have to admit, is serving on the staff as an adjunct member, directing retreats and meeting with people in spiritual direction at Ignatius House. Well, I'm not five years old anymore, but I still have that ardent desire to give God my whole heart. And I work at it day by day. Some days are great, some days are wonderful, some days are so-so, and some days just aren't days. But what I do know is that I frequently believe God went out of God's way to lead me into God's heart and into God's self. And would I change anything in my life? I wouldn't change a minute of it. If I weren't a Felician Franciscan sister early on in my religious life, I wouldn't be the Seneca sister I am today. And I'd like to think that I'm a fantastic Seneca sister. But seriously, I am happy. I am happy in my life as a woman religious. I am happy in my life as uh, a woman who is sharing in the mission of the church and on Jesus, and that is making Jesus known and loved with the people with whom I minister. I am happy for the many people I meet in my ministry, like Father um, Joe. I, too, am humbled and awed with each story that I hear and become part of simply by listening. So I am happy to be with you tonight to share with you the goodness of God in my life, to share my miracle of God's love as I describe my life as a sister but I think we all have a miracle of love to celebrate, to give us joy and happiness in spite of what is happening in the world within our lives. So to each of you, I say thank you for listening to my story and to know that you too have a miracle, search for it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.